You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Okay, well, we're definitely a little behind schedule this week, but it's week four in the NFL, and that means it's time for the Pick'em Show. Okay, we're rolling again. So we both took the Bengals on Thursday night. Got a little dicey there for a second when it was <laughs> fourteen call. nothing. Yeah, a little little scary for people that picked the Bengals, but I had a feeling Jacksonville was gonna come out and play hard in that game because they're not gonna get a lot of national attention. But this was their spotlight game and they played hard and they're gonna have to learn how to close out games and they're going to have to figure some stuff out, especially it was sad to see uh, Chark go down with that broken ankle, but Trevor Lawrence played his best game so far. Didn't throw a touchdown, but he didn't throw the killer interception either, if I remember, so he kept his team in it. He gave him a better chance to win in this week than he did in some other weeks. He ran a nice touchdown in himself, um, so I did have the Bengals to win, the Jags to cover. I took the over at 46, and the final score was 44. Lost that one, but off to a fairly good start otherwise. And the next game on the schedule, Sunday morning, Washington at Atlanta. I hate this game already. These teams have a win each. They're both one and two. So unless they tie, one team is going to get to 500. And I don't know. I haven't liked what I've seen from Washington. Their defense is supposed to be a lot better than it's shown so far. And they just gave up 43 points last week to my Bills. (laughs) Um, But the Bills have a very good offense. So it's it's a little bit of both. It was more concerning that they gave up like 27 or whatever, 28 to the Giants a couple weeks ago because the Giants have not scored in I mean I think they're averaging like 15 points a game in their other games but they put up like 30 on Washington somewhere in that neighborhood but I hate picking the Falcons but they're at home and that's a tough game to pick the Falcons have burned me so many times that I didn't take them last week even though I had a feeling that they would win last week against the Giants I didn't take them. They came back and won at the end. I think they had like 10 fourth quarter points to win it after they were down a touchdown in the fourth. So the Falcons have like, I mean, they have the veteran quarterback. I don't know. That is a coin toss game. I think it's a 50-50 split game, according to Yahoo. Is it possible we see neither team score very much or go crazy and both score a lot on each other? Yeah, the Falcons have a terrible defense. 
So until the Giants game, they were giving up like 30-something a game. I think it was 40, actually, because the first two games, it was like they got 48 put on them, and then they got 32 put on them, so they were giving up 40 a game in the first two. And then they held a mediocre Giants offense in check. And Washington still did score 21 on the Bills, who have a good defense. Um, One of those was on a busted... Well, it wasn't so busted. It was just a well-blocked screenplay that Gibson cracked for 73 yards. The one that came after that was on that weird 90-yard onside kick that they recovered and set him up with a short field. But then late in the game, like, the game was already over, so the Bills, you know, took their foot off of their throats a little bit. But they had a nice drive at the end of the game to score a touchdown, so... I think it could potentially be high scoring. Let's see if I have the over-under info in front of me. Uh, that is Washington is favored in that game by a point and a half over under 47 I'll say over 47 and I think I like the Falcons at home in that one I don't know I'm, I'm so hesitant to pick the Falcons so if you pick the Falcons because I said so, just know that I can't stand them. <laughs> and they cost me a lot last season, so. <sighs> Moving on. Texans at the Bills. Bills are resting some guys. Uh, I think John Feliciano's not playing. Micah Hyde's not playing. Jordan Poyer's not playing. The Bills know that they have the Chiefs coming up next week. And, you know, they're pretty confident that they can take on the Texans even without some of their starters playing. And I feel pretty confident in that too. They were 16 point favorites. I could see the Texans maybe covering, but I could also see the Bills jumping out to an early lead and pulling a lot of their starters in that game. It's a pretty high percentage at the opposite point. Yeah, I think the Bills are the probably the biggest favorites this week. It's sad that I don't get to see Tyrod Taylor start that game in Buffalo since he was the quarterback who led them back to the playoffs that year. Even though they got in a little sideways, he still kept them in the hunt. So it's a bummer that he's not going to be starting that game for the Texans, but go Bills. Sorry, Texans. You guys have played hard this season, but I'm not going to pick against the Bills in that one. Um, and we got Detroit at Chicago, another morning game, another 50-50 game. There hasn't been a lot of these this season, but it's another coin toss game. Chicago, I believe they're favored by three at home. I don't know why the Bears looked terrible last week. They looked mediocre in week one, and then in week two, their defense was just good enough to give... Uh, Joe Burrow some problems as a second year quarterback on the road but I don't know are the Lions better than the Bengals at 0-3 hard to tell probably not Bengals moved to 3-1 with that comeback win over the Jags but they struggled with the Jags the Lions played a good first half against Green Bay and then got hammered in the second half they came back against San Francisco and made it a close game and then they had a one-point game with the Ravens so quality of competition wise the Lions have played some good teams and they've hung in there with them 
uh, road game, morning, division game, Bears quarterback situation completely in flux. Uh, Dalton's still questionable. Don't know if he's going to play. Khalil Mack, Darnell Mooney, Xavier Crawford, all questionable. Deshaun Gibson's doubtful. And then it's basically just Trey Flowers is out for the Lions, but DeAndre Swift, Michael Brockers, and Romeo Aquara are all questionable. So the Lions kind of have the, the benefit when it comes to who's healthier right now, but it's a very small benefit. Bears being favored by three at home feels kind of like a lot in this game. They got completely shut down by uh, Cincinnati. No, not Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Cleveland last week. I think it was 26-6 in that game. Justin Fields, first game as a starter. Didn't go so well. And then they now they don't know if Dalton's going to play with his bum knee, if they're going to start Fields, or if Foles is going to play. To me, that says bad leadership, but I'm not... Huge on Mad Nagy. I never have been. Um, and if they're having leadership issues, coming home doesn't necessarily do anything. At least when they won their home game against the Bengals, it's like they had their starter chosen. The defense knew what they had to do to win that game. But now, like, the defense doesn't know because if the offense can't put any drives together, that's a lot of possessions that the Lions are going to get. And Jared Goff is going to score some points. I mean, he's not going to get shut out. He's too hes too good for that. He's probably, I don't want to talk about another man's money, but his contract is probably a little inflated from the Super Bowl year uh, with the Rams. Clearly the Rams thought so because they traded him. But... Goff can move the ball. He makes some good throws. If the offensive line can hold up and they can get some play action going with the running back, Goff knows what to do with the ball. Just a matter of, is Hawkinson going to explode? I don't know. That's a tough game to pick, too. Those teams have one win between them in six tries. Lose-lose for the fans in that one, but it is a division game. It should be hard fought. I'm leaning towards the Lions, but I don't know why. I just think three points for Chicago is a little bloated when I see some of these other spreads out there. I think if you're going to favor Chicago, give them a point, point and a half at home. Especially coming off a game where they scored six. Embarrassing for the Bears. (laughs) We got dad jokes for you on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Finally, the first game on the schedule that I am interested in. Carolina at Dallas. Dallas is heavy favorites, at least in the the Pick'em app. They're 85%. They're four-point favorites. Um, They're really banged up, though. They have a lot of guys out on this one. Hold on. I just had the injury report up. So they're without Dorrance Armstrong at defensive end. Ty Nasiki. I probably butchered that, but he's out at tackle. Carlos Watkins is out as the other defensive end. Donovan Wilson's out at safety. And then one of their other defensive ends, Randy Gregory, is questionable. So 
one of the things Dallas does well is they apply a lot of pressure from the edge, and we saw that against Philadelphia. We saw that against the Chargers. Their defense has been playing really well, and so missing those guys on defense is a chunk. And then we already know Christian McCaffrey's out on the other side of the ball. Uh, Gross Matos, defensive end for the uh, the Panthers, sorry, is doubtful but might play. And one of their guards on the O-line, John Miller, is questionable. But other than that, they're pretty clean on the injury report. The Panthers are 3-0. and They haven't had, like, the most impressive wins against uh, – Texans team that didn't have their starting quarterback gave them a fight in the first half. Uh, Five-point win over the Jets. Not super impressive. And then their win over the Saints was good. But the Cowboys losing to Tampa in a close game and then beating the Chargers on the road in a close game and then smashing Philly leads me to believe that the Cowboys are the better team even though the Panthers are still unbeaten at 3-0. But what I've seen from the Cowboys' defense uh, leads me to believe that there's going to be some problems for the Panthers' offense without McCaffrey in this game. Those injuries to the Dallas defense are problematic, could make this game closer than it might have been otherwise. Um, But the Panthers don't suck, that's for sure. Like, it's not easy to get to 3-0 in this league, and... I don't know that 85% favorites is the way to go, but if you want, if you're into the Panthers and you want to get money on them, they're plus 175, and Dallas was favored by four and a half points. So you can get in on the Panthers to win outright at plus 175, and you can get them to cover at a good price. But I'm not looking at that price right now. Does that mean I shouldn't play the Dallas defense tomorrow? They're all injured. Um, they're only injured at their pass rushing position for the most part their safety is out too but they've had good linebacker play they've had good cornerback play like philly had no separation in that game that we watched and i think that was part of what was causing problems is that they were collapsing the pocket and Jalen hurts his face and then when he was breaking away there's really nowhere to go with the football so credit to the dallas defense for getting a lot better credit to dan quinn for getting that defense in shape um I definitely favor the Cowboys in that game. Those injuries have me a little curious as to how it's going to go, though. But if it comes down to, am I going to put my money on Dak Prescott or Sam Darnold? I'm going to put my money on Dak Prescott for sure. Yeah. And no offense to Sam Darnold. He's played a lot better this season than he did with a horrible Jets team. But But yeah, Dak's played great so far. Um It's going to be whether or not the Cowboys, like, starting to smell their own smugness cloud or if they're going to stay humble and work hard. And, you know, they got to two and one. They're way ahead in the division with all those other terrible teams that are one and two or oh and three. Um, So they have the inside track on that division lead already. So they're starting to look like the playoff team and the NFC contender that they were marketed as before everything happened last year. And if they start believing their own hype a little bit too much, the Panthers can beat them. But if they go out there and do what they're supposed to do, they should win that game. Go Dallas defense. Go Dallas defense, yeah. (laughs) And then we get uh, the Colts on the road at Miami. 
these two teams also share a single win in six tries. And there's a lot of games like this this week. I think I looked at it and there's nine... There's nine games on the docket that are between teams with losing records. And seven of those are against teams. I should just look at it. I wrote it down. Before I put my foot in my mouth and say something horribly incorrect. Okay, so nine of the 16 games have a spread of less than five. So they're close. And seven of those games, the spread is three or less. So I was way off, and I'm glad I checked before I continued. <laughs> but this is already one, two, three games out of the first five where the teams have combined for a losing record. So I wasn't too far off on that. But Colts on the road at the Dolphins. Colts are decimated. So it's, I mean... It's tough to pick them in this game, but the Dolphins are without their starting quarterback. They are playing at home. Jacoby Brissett gets his chance to show the Colts that they fucked up by moving on from him and going with Carson Wentz. But I get the feeling that the Colts are already kind of feeling that at 0-3. But it would be kind of nice for Brissett to go out there and have a good game against them and Stick it to the Colts a little bit. So you're going Dolphins? I think I'm going to pick the Finns at home. They played really well against the Raiders at home. It gets muggy out there midday in Miami. It's more, yeah, I don't know. The injuries are concerning. Like, Jonathan Taylor is questionable as well. So do I need to maybe not play him in that game? I don't know. But they're missing, uh, they're missing a couple guys along the offensive line. And who... Quentin Nelson went to IR. So their all-pro right guard is down. For he's, I don't know if he's done for the year, but he's out. So basically, their best offensive lineman is hurt. You got Wentz still playing on the bum ankle. I think Taylor's dealing with like a knee injury or something. Colts can win that game. Like, they're, if you look at them coming from last year, like, are they the better team? They were the better team last year. Um, they still should theoretically have the defensive edge, but having watched the Dolphins give the Raiders offense problems, and even though they lost 35 nothing against the Bills, their defense played well in moments in that game, and they gave the Bills receivers a lot of trouble getting open. And the Colts don't have T.Y. Hilton, and some of their receivers are dealing with some nagging injury stuff as well. So I think, yeah, I think I got to ride with the Dolphins. It's weird picking an AFC East team to win that's not the Bills, but I'm on I'm on the Jacoby Brissett train. I want him to I want him to avenge his termination with the Colts. Um, next game, Cleveland at Minnesota. Browns favored by a lot in the app. I think they're favored by two points in actuality with an over-under of 51.5. Browns minus 130, Vikings plus 110. I don't know. I might take the Vikings on this one. Because I think the Vikings 1-2 and two record is a little bit of fool's gold. I mean, even though... 
that would be more so if they were like two and one and not one and two. But they went to overtime and lost to the Bengals in week one. Then they missed the field goal that would have beaten Arizona in week two. And then they they beat Seattle pretty convincingly in week three. So the Vikings have been progressively getting better to where they basically blew an opportunity to win the first game, uh, let it get to overtime, and then it got away from them. Then they missed the field goal in a game that they had gotten the lead and battled back, and they jumped out to a 20-7 to lead in that game against Arizona. So Arizona's 3-0, and and if the Vikings had won that game and the Vikings were 2-1, and like I think the conversation around them would be a lot different because Kirk Cousins is playing great. Dalvin Cook still hurt, though, but Madison stepped in and played nicely. Uh, Is Cook out or questionable? He's questionable, but there's a chance that he still doesn't play in this game. Um, And they got such good production out of Madison against Seattle that you maybe don't miss Cook as much as you did. The Browns are without Landry, but they still have that nasty two-headed monster of Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Uh, 70% favor the Browns here to be accurate 68.79% but the Vikings don't suck like they can play with anybody they show that they can play with anybody and I just have to think like is Cleveland better than Seattle I don't know this year because Seattle doesn't seem to be able to score in the second half they have 13 second half points all season so was the Vikings shutting them down in the second half a byproduct of their defense getting it together and figuring it out or Seattle's play calling getting stale in the second half um but nonetheless the Vikings still scored 30 on them too so it wasn't like oh Seattle only scored 16 and the Vikings won 19 to 16 you know they put 30 points on that team um which was great for me having Cousins yeah Cousins Cousins is playing the best football of his life right now and I think he's finally at a place in his career where it's like he doesn't care as much as he used to about the criticism because it's like he already got the big contract to come to Minnesota. He already has only made the playoffs one time in his time in Minnesota, and they have the one playoff win. So it's like the expectations were up high. He already hasn't met those. So, like, you know, I think his idea of trying to live up to that is over, and now it's just time to play football and, like, make this team as good as he can make them. He's playing great right now. Um, he deserves more credit than he's getting for it. And if you know me at all, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins supporter. I wasn't in favor of the Vikings giving him that contract they did to bring him over. The last three years of him being their starting quarterback has proven that I was correct in that decision. Uh, or at least that I didn't think that he made them what they were paying him for. But now with the Justin Jefferson... Uh, Thielen offense he's throwing the ball really well I don't know what it is but he's playing he's playing great they're at home they're underdogs at home and I think they're dangerous as underdogs because if they were two and one having beaten Arizona I don't know that they're underdogs in this game you know because everybody thinks very highly of Arizona but like the Vikings should have beat them in that game. They missed the field goal at the end of the game, but the Vikings were up 27. They kind of just let the game, they let Arizona get back into it because Arizona is obviously good. And the Vikings defense is not as good as it used to be. But that was week one, right? Two. Okay. Well, let's go Vikings. I mean, they did 
week. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings can win that game. The Browns are going to try and dictate it, but if I have to choose Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins right now, I've seen Baker Mayfield make that killer interception at the end of games. He did it against Kansas City in week one where they were winning that game and he threw a bad pick at the end that gave Kansas City the ball back. Uh, I can see that happening again. I don't know that it does, but I think I got to roll Vikes on this one. And then we go Giants at New Orleans. New Orleans is 97% favorites in this game. Let me see. Where's the spread on this? I have it somewhere. I promise. Saints are favored by seven. It depends what Saints show up. If the Saints that played Carolina in week two show up, the Giants can win this game. But the Giants are 0-3 for a reason. They should probably be 1-2. They were up on the Falcons in the fourth quarter. They could be 2-1. Yeah, actually, this is a... No, it's not. I was say, I think this is the second highest percentage, but it's not. Yeah. Well, Saints at home have to favor them there. Saints have the better defense. So even if the game is low scoring and neither team's playing great... I think that favors the Saints a little bit more because they're a little bit better designed to do what they do best. They can factor Kamara in if Winston isn't playing his best. They still have an offensive line that's built to do that. Taysom Hill can still come in and run for those hard yards, and they can give him some confusing looks. I don't know. I, I feel bad for the Giants, but... It's going to be a confusing week. It is going to be a confusing week. I don't know who's going to win. I say I say the winner this week probably gets 10 games. Maybe not even. You think? It's tough because of those coin toss games. Because there's so many matchups between the like evenly matched teams, like one direction or the other. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. And then so we get the Titans on the road at the Jets. Titans are in load management mode. No A.J. Brown, no Julio Jones. Uh, they're missing a bunch of guys on defense, too. They're sitting out. They shouldn't need it against the Jets. The Jets have just looked helpless out there. Zach Wilson's leading the league in picks. He's, like, basically the second worst quarterback overall in football right now. Maybe the worst since Trevor Lawrence had a solid game. Uh, but numerically, by the numbers, Zach Wilson's right there in terms of worst completion percentage. I think he leads the league in most times sacked. He's tied for most interceptions. So that means his quarterback rating and stuff like that uh, is also in the dirt. So he's right there at the bottom. Titans are going to give Derrick Henry the ball 100 times. And he's going to run for 500 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, they'll dictate the pace of that game, even without their top two receivers. Look for their tight end, Anthony Ferkser, to maybe have a surprisingly big fantasy day. Maybe Chester Rogers, who chipped in last week, will have a big fantasy day if you're looking for a DFS play. Some good value there. I don't know. Tannehill's the better quarterback. They have the run game. Their defense stinks, but... They should be well-equipped to beat the Jets. If they lose to the Jets, I'm not worried about the Titans as, like, a legitimate playoff team at all anymore after that. They shouldn't lose to the Jets. Uh, let's see. Ooh, and then we get Kansas City, Philly. 
Chiefs on the road, having lost back-to-back games, going into Philadelphia, who looked god-awful against Dallas on Monday night. Oh, my stomach is loud. You might be able to hear that. <laughs> you can tell if that was you or me. <laughs> for the Halloween episode. It is. It's October. <laughs> it's a late night episode. It's, it's, get, it's getting spooky in here. Chiefs under Andy Reid, I can't envision them losing three games in a row. Especially to Andy Reid's old team as well. Like, my favorite highlight of the football season so far, besides that 109-yard kickoff, uh, or sorry, missed field goal return by Jacksonville, has got to be Patrick Mahomes throwing that stupid-ass no-look pass that bounced off his receiver's hands for an interception. I mean, it was just one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. If it's any other quarterback in the league, that guy's going to be getting chewed out forever in the media, especially. But no, he's the golden boy. But that play's stupid as hell, and he deserved to be intercepted on that because his, his receiver doesn't know the ball's coming, and he th- he's throwing a fastball. So he's not looking at him and then zips it in there, and he's surprised when it hits him like in the face and bounces up in the air for an interception. And they still had opportunities to win that game against the Chargers and didn't, so... I don't know that the Chiefs are, like, so bad that they're in free fall. Like, I think they're still obviously super talented. They're getting uh, the Marijuana King, Josh Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to play at some point. Um, Because they're really missing Sammy Watkins is what it is. It's like, because you can bracket Tyreek Hill. You can kind of hit uh, Kelsey at the line and double team him. And those guys are still getting theirs, but the other three receivers are not like catching the ball consistently and that's what Sammy Watkins brought to them and you saw it in the Super Bowl against the 49ers like when they needed it like they went to Sammy because he was the guy getting the opportunities and he's sure-handed um so they're missing that they're hoping that Gordon's going to be able to do that but realistically they should have just paid Sammy Watkins kept him happy and kept him there um so Chiefs right we're not pick- we're not picking the Eagles in that game. No, but part of me wanted to just because the Chiefs have been losing. But yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs lose that game, I'll be super happy and I'll laugh. But I'll happily take a loss on the Pick'em League yeah. just to watch them lose that game. I agree. I don't think they can keep losing. Plus, Andy Lee went to the hospital after the last game, so now they really gotta. Yeah, I think it was for his knee though, not like anything health related. No, it was. I think was it was dehydration or something. Oh, interesting. Uh, he also, like, got hit on the sideline on one of the plays and, like, looked like he got his knee taken out. Mm. So, I don't know. I hope Andy Reid's okay, but he needs to get his guys in line. They need to, they need a comeback game. Yeah. And just what I've seen from Philly, like, Jalen Hurts is obviously a dynamic player, but they're not getting the ball to Miles Sanders. Like, this guy has been a stud as a pass catcher and a running back over the last couple seasons. I don't know what they're thinking just giving him the ball twice like their whole game plan in that last game against Dallas like just didn't make any sense Dallas is lining up in a bunch of NASCAR formations so it's like you have a lot of linebackers on the field so if you're Philadelphia your offensive line has an advantage there you just need to read the defense correctly and let Sanders do his thing but I don't know so I'm uh, I don't know that Nick Sirianni really knows what he's doing over there just yet um We'll see. Jalen is struggling, though. He made They made some good plays down the stretch when the game was out of reach. You know, garbage time. Garbage time. But even then, Dallas was playing hard, and, like, Hurts broke the pocket and made some difficult 
good throws downfield. Like, he's talented for sure. I think the Chiefs probably just drowned them, though. Yeah, I didn't go against it, but I was like, of all the games... Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, I just I can't see the Chiefs losing three in a row. Like, you can't go from Super Bowl champs to Super Bowl runner-up to, like, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, they still have all the same pieces for the most part, other than they revamped their offensive line a little bit. So I don't think the Chiefs are as bad as their 1-2 and two record. I think they just they play like their shit don't stink, and against a team that's good enough to beat them, they'll beat them. Against a team where the quarterback isn't going to make the killer mistake, the Chiefs, if you look at it, they should be 0-3. They should have lost the first game to Cleveland, and then they didn't, and they got away with it, and they're like, okay, well, we can like kind of get away with it. And then... They didn't get away with it. Mahomes made a bad, stupid interception in the Ravens game. Like, he made a play where it's just like, I'm too good to do the right thing. I'm just going to make it happen. And he got tackled and he threw a pick. And the Ravens ended up coming down and winning the game because of that. Um, They've always been, well, not always, but they they like to be the, we're going to have a huge win after being down a lot for a show. And then... I mean, you never want to put yourselves in a huge hole, but they were always capable of climbing themselves out of it. And they showed that, you know, year in and year out over the last couple seasons where it's like you can't count them out. They did in the Super Bowl. They did in the playoffs. But like if you're a team that's playing behind in the second half, like that's never a good strategy. Like you don't want to be down in the second half. Yeah. Um, And you can't turn the ball over and you can't make stupid plays. And Mahomes has made... A lot of bad decisions so far this year so i don't know if it's the offensive line changes have been bad for them or if it really is just like sammy Watkins, or if it's mahomes losing the super bowl and looking terrible in the process and them still being like well he's the baby goat like it's him and tom and like nah tom's miles ahead of him in yeah. terms of game iq uh Mahomes has got all the talent for sure, but he's made bad decisions and he's got to clean it up. That's it's as simple as that. They turned the ball over four times against the Chargers. They should have won that game. They had opportunities to win even still turning it over four times, but they should have lost to Cleveland. So there's a universe where they're 0 3, and then there's another universe where they're 3 and 0, but we're in the universe where they're 1 and 2. <laughs> so grab the Infinity Gauntlet and buckle up cuz the Chiefs need to win this game. Then we get to the afternoon stuff, and we got Arizona at the Rams. Both teams 3-0. Interesting game. Rams are favored. Where is it? They're favored by four. And the Cardinals are plus 180. They're at home over under a 54.5. Only 86% favorites. And last year, I wasn't the hugest believer in the Cardinals, and it turns out I was right. And I talked to Chris about this because he was like, "Yeah, he's like, you weren't like, you weren't in on the Cardinals." I was like, "Well, yeah," because there was a point where they got to five and two, and everybody was like, "They're the best team in football," and they finished the season eight and eight. You know, so they went three and six on the way out. Like that's not even close to being the best team in football. And I saw it. I saw the writing on the wall last year, and this year it's like, hmm. Okay, you guys had the first the win in week one, and you look good just like last season. And then um, week two, should have lost to the Vikings. Got punched in the mouth early in the game, but showed some response, came back, played well. Put yourselves in a position to win at least, but the Vikings missed the field goal that would have won the game. And then in week three, like, okay, you feast on a bad Jacksonville team. So your 3-0 and is meh, in my opinion. Like, the Rams beat an okay Bears team, and then they beat a 
Colts team that, again, is, like, they're okay. Like, even though they don't have the wins yet to show it, like, those are both, like, middle-of-the-road type teams. And then they beat the defending Super Bowl champs. And, yes, Tampa Bay was beat up for sure. Like, they lost so many pieces on defense that they weren't able to just hang in there with them. But that game was 34-24. So the Rams can score. The Cardinals can score. And then it just comes down to me, like, who's got the better defense? And that's the Rams. Definitely. Plus, they're at home. SoFi Stadium with fans still. Yeah, they may be a little high off of their win over Tampa. Like, we just beat the Bucks. We're the best team in football right now. Yeah, you are. You're the number one team in the league. <laughs> but if you go out there and lose, you won't even be the number one team in your division anymore. <laughs> so you got to go out there and handle business. Check the ego. Check the ego at the door. Go out there and play football. Kyler Murray is really tough to deal with but if Aaron Donald gets in his face it's going to make things a lot more difficult for him to do what he wants to do downfield I haven't really looked in depth at the injury report in this game um, I'll peek at it right now uh, because if they're still without DeAndre Hopkins that's better for me fantasy wise because um, I have both Kirk and Rondale Let's see here. AJ Green rested. DeAndre Hopkins full practice Thursday, Friday. So he's back. All right. It's going to be a fun game. That's probably game of the week, maybe. Uh, at least competition wise. Maybe Raiders Chargers, but that's Monday night. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, I gotta lean. I gotta lean with the team that's got the better defense. And as long as the Rams' defense shows up, I think I think they handle business at home. Seahawks. Ooh, coin toss game. Surprising one and two Seahawks at two and one Forty ers Yeah, it's that kind of game. I don't know. Coin toss ish. Niners are favored at home. Like I mentioned earlier on the show, the Seahawks have scored 13 second-half points all season. So if they get down in this game, it's pretty much over. I don't know what it is. Some of their play calling is not great, but they're having trouble like even getting first downs in the second half. It's like they'll go out there and they'll get one first down, but they'll have like a three-play drive, a four-play drive, a five-play drive, and punt, 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 punt. Um, but 49ers are still kind of banged up. Yeah, I mean, Jermichael Hasty's out, Mostert's out. Uh, so they're they're super thin at running back still. I think Mitchell is still questionable, too. Yeah. So Garoppolo's going to have to beat the Seahawks with his arm. I mean, which in years past, it would be like, I'll take the Seahawks defense. But, like, this is not that Seahawks defense. They, got, they gave up 30 last week. Uh, they gave up 33 the week before. The only game where they played decent was against the Colts, and they're starting a new quarterback and like basically learning a whole new rhythm with this guy. And if T.Y. Hilton was healthy, like if the Colts were at 100% in that game, Colts might have beat them. Seahawks could be 0-3 right now. But they realistically should be 2-1. They blew a 14-point lead against the Titans in the fourth quarter, which led me to believe that the Vikings were going to beat them last week, and I talked myself into just, oh, you know, well, Russell Wilson, and it's Pete Carroll, and 
they're not going to lose two games in a row the same way. And I'm sure they're mad that they let that game get away. They're going to be focused. And then they came out there and they scored, I think, 16 against uh, Minnesota. Didn't score a point in the second half. Looked like shit. Their defense sucks. I like the Seahawks. But, man, they got a lot of fixes to make. And I don't know that they get San Francisco in this game. Russell Wilson has owned San Francisco in San Francisco lately. Um, but he used to have Doug Baldwin. They're missing Doug Baldwin bad on offense. It's like, yeah, Metcalf's a beast. Lockett's great. So it's like you double-team Metcalf and then Lockett breaks something one-on-one and he's making all these big catches downfield. But they don't have that guy who can win at the line of scrimmage and get open. Like, that was Doug. Like, he was such a good route runner inside. And they're mi- they're missing the shit out of him ever since he left. Um, so are you. I, mean, I love Doug. Basically, like, all my favorite players on that Seahawks team have come and gone already. Like, the Legion of Boom is all gone. Uh, KJ Wright's not on the team anymore. So it's realistically, like, Bobby Wagner, Russ... And then even Lockett wasn't one of the original guys. He came the year after, I think. Um, it was it was the Golden Tate was my guy. Oh yeah. Golden Tate, Doug, and Jermaine Curse were the three. Plus they had the double tight ends with Luke Wilson. Yeah, I don't know what Seattle's doing. Their offense is looking whack. Defense is looking whack. They got to get their shit together. I mean, they still got Russ. They still got Pete. But I've seen a lot of fans online, like, fire Ken Norton, the defensive coordinator. Like, they, oh, they lost uh, Shaquille Griffin in the offseason. He went home to play in Jacksonville. So it's like they lost him and his brother. So it's like their best corner is gone. Are they both in Jacksonville? Uh, I don't know if Shaquem is on the team. Hmm. But I but I know that uh, Shaquille left as well. Oh, that's sad. So they, they, you know, they spent all that trade capital to get Jamal Adams, who is still very good. Like... But you can't win on defense when your best defensive player is the furthest guy away from the ball. So it's like they have Dunlap on the defensive line. They have Bobby B-Wags in the middle. And then they have Adams on the back end. So it's not like they're terrible, but the Niners can punish them. Like, Debo Samuel is a beast. Kittle's a beast. Even if they can't run the ball, they're going to be tough to deal with. I don't know. It's tough for me to pick Seattle in this one. I want to pick them, especially because so many people I know are Niners fans, and we kind of got, like, that rivalry going. Seattle needs the win much more than the 49ers do, and necessity usually is a good motivator. Right. Um, Plus ego. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully they got their ego checked already in the last two games. It's like they would not have lost to Minnesota last year. And they were beating the Titans, and it was like, because if they, if they, if it say it's 30 16 and they go on and win and they're 2 0, and then they go to play Minnesota at 2 0, having just beat the Titans, like they probably beat Minnesota. But the fact that, like, they got exposed really badly in the second half of that game allowed Minnesota to figure out the way to beat them and back up running. Even without Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison ran all over them. So they're lucky that the Niners, like, running back core is destroyed otherwise the Niners would run all over him too so if it comes down to Jimmy G versus Russ I have to side with Russ yeah but they don't score any second half points (laughs) so I don't know 
I gotta come back to that game in the morning. Ugh, that's an ugly one. Sorry, go Hawks. Good luck, guys. <laughs> go Hawks. They're not listening to this. Who cares? <laughs> right? Doug is out there listening to this. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got Baltimore, Denver. Baltimore on the road at the 3-0 Broncos. A lot of people think the Broncos are actually really good. I say that remains to be seen. They got Von Miller back this year, so their defense is starting to look like it did when he is a very dangerous presence on it. Um, but they beat the Jets 0-3, Giants 0-3, Jags 0-3. So they don't have a win over a team that has even one win. Their combined opponent's record is 0-9. So to think that the Broncos are like legit because of those three games is ridiculous. They may in fact be legit. Teddy Bridgewater's playing really well. Even with Jerry Judy going out, they have continued to win ball games and they've won in dominant fashion. I think they pitched a shutout against the Jets this last week. It was like 26 nothing. Uh, not looking directly at the score, so don't quote me, but they did shut the Jets out. But again, it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are terrible. So it's like, if you don't go out there and handle business against the Jets, so be it. Like, that's your own fault. They are at home. That elevation is a real factor. Um, but I got to favor the, the team that has the, the most dynamic guy in the game in Lamar, right? As long as the Ravens, like, as long as they don't get exhausted because of the altitude, then... They're probably going to win that game. But if the altitude starts to come into play and, like, the Ravens have a good first half and then slow down the second half, the Broncos can win, especially without uh, Marcus Peters out there. Like, the defense is going to get tired. If Denver can sustain drives, like, just run the ball, just stack up first downs. Don't necessarily have to throw down field, go for home runs. Just make the defense be on the field for a long period of time. That's going to be really bad for the Ravens, so... I do favor the Ravens here because I think their two and one is better than the Broncos three and zero. Um, but they got to go out there in that altitude and do it. They got to show it, uh, and we'll see. If the Broncos win that game, then fuck it, they're for real. Like they're four and zero, they're gonna be on top of their division at four and zero with the Raiders, or well, the Raiders are three and zero, so. They may not even be on the top of the division. If the Chargers win, then you got two teams or three and one in that division. The Chiefs on the bottom. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it feels good. It's not going to last forever, but it's nice while it lasts. And uh, the Broncos could be four and zero and sitting on top of the division. And even if they're three and one, there's a world where they're still tied. All three teams be three and one, and the Chiefs be two and two, maybe one and three, hopefully. Um, so I'll side with the Ravens for now. I got to double back on that injury report, though, and see what's going on. We need toast fact check. I fact check it myself. It just comes in written form <laughs> after we record. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we have the Steelers at the Packers. Packers heavy favorites, 95%. Um, I don't know. The Steelers do not look good. They're banged up all over the place. If T.J. Watt doesn't play, they look very average, even maybe below average. Uh, Deontay Johnson is supposedly back. I think Juju's going to play, too, so that means they have all their receivers at least. Uh, 
I'll pull, I'll but TJ pull it Watt up was right back there. too, right? Yes. Uh, and if he plays, like, he's so good that he's a legitimate difference maker. This is not the injury report I want to look at. This is the one I think. It's the one. So who's still out? Carlos Davis still out. Chukwuma, Okafor. He's still out. Rashad Coward on the O-line. He's out. TJ Watts back, though. He came and had full practices on Thursday and Friday, so he's good to go. Claypool is a little dinged up, but they got their full complement of receivers back. They got TJ Watt back. And the Packers are dealing with uh, Elton Jenkins is doubtful. He missed the last game. Kevin King is doubtful at cornerback. Their safety, Vernon Scott, is questionable. All right, so they're hurt in the areas where the Steelers can expose them. I think after the last couple games, you know, the Packers are coming home, thinking that the Steelers probably suck. This probably shouldn't be as wide of a game as it is. I don't know that I'll pick the Steelers in this one, but the Steelers can win this. If the Steelers are playing their best, they can win, even against the Packers playing their best. But the Steelers got to play their best. They're plus 240. They're six and a half point underdogs. Ninety-five <sighs> percent. That's a heavy favorite. You would think the Packers are gonna win. TJ Watt can make a mess if he gets after Aaron Rodgers early, like on the first few series, and just like discourages them. The Packers basically, like, pack it up and go home when they get down early in games. It's like, oh, it's 17 zip. All right, let's just not get hurt out here and make sure that we're ready to go next week. And they've done it more than once. They did it against New Orleans in week one. It's just like, yeah, hey, we're kind of cruising out here. We're sleepwalking. They didn't do it against the, the Lions, though. They got down early in that game, and they fought, and they got back in it, and then they dominated, so... Lions don't have the defense that the Steelers do, though. I don't know. But you, you picked the Packers in this one, I think, didn't you? No, I picked the Steelers. Did you? Oh, you did pick the Steelers. That's right. You're trying to get those sneaky ones in there. I want. I didn't want to be persuaded by the favorites in the app. That's true. Yeah, I can. I can I feel the Steelers potentially winning this game. I did better last year, not knowing about the app. That's true. And then we get the game that everybody's gonna watch, even though it doesn't seem like it's going to be a contest. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers returning to New England. Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. Bill Belichick on the other sideline cheating his ass off, trying to figure out how to beat the Bucks. That's why he wears that hoodie, so you can't see his face cheating. Gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, the Bucks should smash them. The Patriots are not very good. They're just not straight up. Like, sorry, Mac Jones, not that good. Uh, the defense hasn't been as good as the changes they made to it have suggested at this point. I can't see a world where Tom Brady goes back and loses this game. Their defense a little banged up for Tampa, but. Their offense should be way too high-powered for the Patriots to stop. 
and I don't think the Patriots offense is consistent enough yet and it's not like it's late in the season so it's not like it's snowing or anything out there that they have to worry about and even so Tampa Bay went into Green Bay in the NFC title game last year in the icy cold and still beat Green Bay so I don't know that the weather would really be a problem for Tom but Tom needs to establish who the alpha is and he needs to let Belichick know it and he is damn sure gonna make sure everybody's watching when it happens He's got to piss on that territory. Oh, yeah. Tom's going to lift his leg right on Gillette. <laughs> and the fans will probably cheer, too. They'll be like, Woo, Tom! Tom's back. Tom's back. Yeah, we can pretend that he's on our team for one more <laughs> one more game. <laughs> then he leaves, and we're stuck with Mac Jones, and we're going to have a losing record again. This sucks. Anyway, Buccaneers, probably dominant victory. What is the over-under? 49? Uh, I mean, it could be. Patriots are going to have to score some points if it gets to 49, so I'll take the under, but seven-point favorites for the Bucks, I'll take it. The refs are going to get involved in this game, though. They're going to try and keep it close because it's Sunday night. They want the drama. The, the best-case scenario for the NFL ratings-wise would be the Patriots coming out and winning early and Tom Brady coming back and leading the game-winning drive. That would be, like, the story of that game. That would be the pissing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so don't be surprised if you see some really questionable flags in that game that keep it close. Because otherwise, looking at it on paper and looking at how these two teams have played so far this season, the Patriots can't hang with this team. Straight up. No. So last game on the docket, we get the Raiders on the road at the Chargers. It's really a little short drive or a helicopter flight or a 49-minute Southwest flight <laughs> from Vegas to L.A. A bunch of the Raiders guys were at the UFC fights tonight, but it was a little earlier in the day, and they're not playing tomorrow morning. So they're out having fun. They're 3-0. and They're in rarefied air for the first time in a long time as the Raiders. So I'm sure they're happy to be 3-0, and but the Chargers don't suck at all. This is a division game. The Chargers are just coming off their biggest win in their new era, having beaten the Chiefs. But the Raiders are looking good. The Raiders do look really good. Their defense is much improved. It's arguable that their defense is as good, if not better, than the Chargers. Um... The Chargers got Bosa, though, and when he plays well, he's tough to deal with. I think he was, like, dealing with an ankle injury last week, though. He's probably okay. I'll look it up just since it's the last game and we're here and everything. <laughs> since we're sucks. here, Joey Bosa. I'll check the whole injury report while I'm at it. Boop, boop, ba doo 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 And Joey Bosa, foot ankle full practice all week so he's fine Chris Harris Jr. is questionable Justin Jones on the D-line is out Kenneth Murray Jr. linebacker questionable other than that they're good to go Raiders look like they're basically 100% Jacobs is questionable but Peyton Barber's looking good so it's gonna be a good one it's been two I would say young quarterbacks but Carr is not young he's been in the league for a long time at this point um, but Herbert's looking like arguably the best second-year quarterback in the league. 
Joe Burrow plays really well on occasion as well. Herbert's just got the arm talent that, like, he makes all these really incredible throws. And decision-making's pretty good, but uh, he's got some picks there. And, uh, I don't know, the matchups? It's gonna be interesting. The Chargers got those receiving weapons. Raiders got Waller. It's gonna be a good game on Monday night. The Chargers preferably like need to hold Sir. I don't think they should be seventy one percent favorites there. No, That's a lot. I think Raiders are can be in it for sure. Yeah, they'll be in it. The Raiders' quality of wins is better right now. They they both beat teams that went to one and two last week, so. But the Chiefs the Chiefs are the better win last week, but you know. The Raiders' road win against the Steelers was impressive. Their week one win against Baltimore was also impressive. They just hung in there. They played with heart. They got a lot of it. They came ready for this season. Well, they know the clock's ticking. And, you know, if you're John Gruden, you took all this money to come and coach this team and, like, change the culture and make them winners, and then you just have, like, a 8-8 eight eight season last year. It's like, that's not what you're here for. So, that's a close one. I could see that game going either way. To me, that's not a 3-1 to Chargers favorite kind of game. And I think the Chargers are three-point. Yeah, three-point favorites at home. 52.5 in that game. That's going to be a good one. I don't know. That's a coin toss. I can't pick it. I'll have to pick it at some point, but right now I can't. Make sure you can do it before 9.55 tomorrow. That's right, I got five oh, minutes. Oh, no. It's the Monday night the game. The Monday game. Yeah, so I can time. wait. I can wait, wait, wait. I know that if I need to pick one or the other, it'd be like, okay, most people are probably picking the Chargers here, but I don't know. I want Raiders. Yeah, I think the Raiders can win that game. It's just like, hey, they're coming to L.A. Are they going to do a bunch of partying on Sunday night before their game on Monday? They were out at the UFC fights <laughs> having a good time tonight, so. They could, but this Where are bad. their heads at? you got to read into everything. I'm following all these guys on Twitter. What are you guys doing? <laughs> what What are you, guys, you guys drinking tonight? Um, is it a morning game? Are you going across the country? It's not creepy at all. No, I don't follow any of the Raiders, to be honest. So, that's that. Okay, here we go. Football Sunday. you got to talk in the microphone, babe. Sorry, here we go. Football Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. We're done. Adios. Go Bills. Thanks once again for joining us. The Scheist Podcast is an extension of thescheist.com. If you like what we're doing here, you can help us out by liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff from wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills. <laughs>